Welcome everyone, my name is Micah, I'm a great philosopher, and hopefully I will be the host of this podcast for some time. Now, I should probably explain, since this is the very first segment, uh, that this podcast is going to be about everything from philosophy to perspective to social issues, focusing on different perspectives within. Um, hopefully within each episode and within each segment, I'll be able to do a different topic um, within. So today we're gonna, today we're going to start um, with a modern issue, something that actually is very near and dear to my heart, though not through personal experience, just through practicality. Um, although, like I said, to explain it, and here's the kind of kick, what makes my podcast a little different, I am going to connect it to another topic, um, but not one of real life. It could be a Facebook post, could be uh, history, it could be uh, an experience I've had or friends had. Um, but nothing directly connected to the original topic. In this case, it's going to be Medusa. I know that sounds weird. How could I connect Medusa to modern day? Well, that's actually really simple. Um, so a little backstory. Medusa is the child of Phorcus, the primordial god of the sea in Greek mythology, um, specifically of the depths of the sea and the dangers of the sea, as well as the sister wife, Keto, the goddess of sea monsters and large sea animals. Uh, these two were pretty famous for having many powerful children, um, including Echidna, who would later go on to produce her own brood of terrifying children, including Cerebus, um, as well as uh, the gray-eyed ones. Um, sorry, the gray ones. I misspoke. They had one eye, one tooth, and they were actually part of the Perseus story, which will actually play into this um, little blurb um, as well. Anyway, so uh, she was their only human child. Um, she was blessed with incredible beauty and intelligence and capability. Um, but instead of being lustful like most of the gods or or really doing anything, she devoted herself to becoming a, a priestess of Athena. Athena being the goddess of the arts, um, battle, warfare, wisdom, crafts, and a variety of other things. She really was the oar of all that was Greek. Um, now, the side there, however, as we pointed out, is Athena is a virgin goddess, so her priestesses were expected to be virgins as well. Now, unfortunately, as with most women in Greek mythology, her beauty attracted the attentions of a god, specifically Poseidon, and he decided to, well, rape her in one story. In another story, he courted her um, and actually you know, managed to woo her and gain her love. Now, for the sake of this, um, conversation. We're actually even talking about the second story where he woos her because it is more relevant to the topic at hand. Um, now, Medusa was very much aware that having sex with anybody was breaking her oath and would have been met with fierce punishment, but she did it anyway. Now, I should also make a real quick mention, Poseidon is uh, the god of the sea and the oceans and horses and earthquakes, and he's very, very powerful. Um, just under his brother Zeus. Just, uh, that needs to be mentioned real quick. Um, so he really is not someone you want to be angry with. However, he has a rivalry with Athena. That also needs to be mentioned. Now, like I said, Medusa was very much aware that she shouldn't um, be with him, but she did anyway. Her sisters, Sino um, and Uriel, who... What they look like originally is actually pretty debated. I don't really know, and I've seen a lot of conflict uh, stories, so some say they were human-looking, some say they were the monstrous... It doesn't really matter for the story's sake, but they helped her their sister get into the temple after hours and have sex with Poseidon. Athena appeared very angry moments later and cursed Medusa. She did nothing to Poseidon. And her curse 
was truly horrific. The first part of the curse was she stripped her of her beauty, rendering her ugly beyond compare. She had snake for, snakes for hair. She had boar's tusks. Her face was payish and snakish and just disgusting. The second thing she did was she cursed her sisters for the same affliction. But it was the last curse that stood out. The last part of the curse was this. Anyone Medusa looked at would turn into stone. Forever. This was a horrible fate, but Medusa didn't become a monster. She wasn't evil. She ran away with her sisters to an island on the farthest reaches of the earth. An island so far away that everything was rendered gray. No light would really live there. It was like almost a constant dusk. And she lived there with her sisters, and she didn't hurt anybody. But people came under, under Athena's orders over and over again to kill her. And so the island was filled with statues. One day, years and years later, Perseus, uh, a prince of a different man, and, uh, sorry, Mirphase, I said that wrong, a prince, son of Zeus, and a woman whose name I cannot remember at the moment, um, wanted to save his mother. Everyone thought he was just um, a, you know, just a normal fisherman's son, um, wanted to save his mother from being courted by the king of the current area they were living in. So he agreed to do something incredible, and he left. Now, although I should also mention, real quick, some stories he was just trying to get a, a, uh, an appropriate present for the king. It was a little confusing, uh, depending on, what, like I said, what story you read. But he gets, you know, he, you know, he takes his orders. He eventually, um, Athena helps him because he sleeps at her temple. And she explains that he can go kill Medusa um, if he does, you know, X, Y, and Z. And he does this. He talks to the Grey Ones. They help him find Medusa. She gives him all the weapons he needs and tells him how to kill her. Um, and he does. He reaches her the playing. And instead of having an issue with killing an innocent being, he attacked her and killed her. And in doing so, she actually gave birth, which is its own story. But the point I'm making is Medusa. Medusa was someone who made one mistake, granted a very big mistake, and broke her word and was punished for it. But she was punished for it in a way that was beyond cruel. Medusa was stripped of any potential of having any other change in her life. She had no home. She could have no social interaction. She was ugly beyond comparison. She couldn't even give birth, and she was stuck being pregnant with Poseidon's children. She could do nothing. No avenue was open for her, except death. Or if she really wanted to, she could go back to be a monster. Now, what, this, what does this relate to? This relates to our prisoners, those who have been convicted of a crime, any crime, within the United States. Within the United States, if you commit a crime, there are three facets that have ruined your life. The first facet is your time in prison. I firmly believe if you commit a crime, you should be placed in prison or fined or whatever, but let's say you're in prison, that it should be rehabilitation. That is the point. You're not there because you're there. You're there to learn other skills and really learn that what you did was wrong and to become better from it. It's not how it works, unfortunately, but that is the intention. Going with this ideology, it's, what should be happening is we should be teaching people how to learn, how to maybe get them a GED if they don't have it, get them a college education, skills, so that when they leave, they become tax-paying citizens who are not committing crimes. Recidivism is a very real problem. Now, from that point, what happens in the real world? Well, in the real world, when they, when they leave prison, they can't get jobs. 
they often can't find a place to live. You know, because most places won't take you if you're a felon. You know, you have a black mark on you forever. Now, logically, this makes sense to some capacity. You know, if it's a big crime like theft um, of a store, I can see someone not trusting your own money. Or uh, if you committed a drug crime, like you were selling, you know, crack or whatever, that that crime has become a stigma. So you can't work in like a hospital. But these people often can't work anywhere. And this forces them to go back into the same lifestyle that got them in trouble in the first place because they no longer have an option. They are stuck forever in this rut, being forced to make the same mistakes. <clears throat> one thing in their life, one mistake they made, one poor decision, no matter what led up to it, has marked them forever. And like Medusa, they're stuck. They have to live in that cycle of violence or whatever they've done over and over and over again. They are never forgiven. Now, on the practical side of this, the practical side, let's say people, the argument is, hey, we don't have enough money for this. It's $10,000. Why waste $10,000 on a prisoner? It takes hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep someone in prison long term. So would you rather spend... Let's say, let's say $30,000, just for an easy, even number. Let's say that to live in prison for one year, it's $30,000 for taxpayers. And that prisoner is in there for 10 years. That's $300,000. But the education is $10,000. Would it not make more sense then for them to go to prison for three years? And for two of those years, they're in schooling of some kind. Um, be it... I don't know, let's say carpentry, or maybe uh, they learn to become a nurse, <clears throat> or they learn a trade of some kind other than electricity or electrician or carpentry or whatever. They learn something. They learn an occupation that they can take into the real world. They also take anger management courses. Maybe they take AA or, um, or NA, which is Narcotic Anom Narcotics Anonymous, for those of you who do not know what that is. Um, you know, any of these programs to better themselves, to better their lives. So let's see, you have the $30,000 for the three years there, so that's $90,000 plus $10,000 for the two years of which they are attending school. So that's $20,000. So that's $110,000. $110,000 versus $300,000. And now when they leave, their chances of committing a crime, uh, again, recidivism, um, is gone. Not completely, but it's the majority of it's gone. Now they have an occupation. They have something they've earned. They've worked their ass off for it. When they go into the real world, they don't have to commit another crime to get by. They can go somewhere, get a job, and now mind you, this is also under the presumption that your record can be expunged within reason, because that has to go with that, um, and they're able, they've paid their debt. They've done, they've paid for their crime. So they can go out in the world and they don't have to repeat that crime. They don't have to be put in a situation where it honestly, at the end of the day, it becomes necessary. Where they no longer are the victim of a stupid choice they made. A stupid choice that affects everyone. More so, not only are they no longer being a, a money waste in prison, a space waste. They are able to give back in terms of taxes every single year for the rest of their life. 
So not only is less money being spent overall, they are giving money back into the world by doing things, by having a job, having a department, so on and so forth, and bettering the world because now, now we have another person in the job market. This concept might sound familiar to some of you because it's a concept that has been spoken of before. And a lot of people think there are these programs in prisons. The thing is, some prisons have them, but they're poorly funded and very few do. And they're not being regulated. That's a prison by prison basis or state by state basis. And it, instead of really focusing on, on rehabilitation, prisons and states are making money for having the people there. Instead of it being a tool as a preventative measure to deal with an issue that is extraordinarily prevalent in this country, it's just left there. It's just left there and it festers. People become better criminals when they leave the prison system because they have people to learn from. They make contacts and this builds upon itself. And like the story of Medusa, they're not completely innocent, but nor should they be damned for one decision for the rest of their life. A decision that they could very easily have made up for, which is the point of prison, by the way, and become a better person at the end, helping absolutely everyone. Thank you for listening. My name, again, is Micah. I will be doing these podcasts, hopefully, um, every Thursday or Friday, depending on the uh, different uh, whatever's going on in my week. Um, although I also may post on Sundays if something interesting pops up in the real world. Um, I will be doing any of these videos, like I said, based on any of my experiences or anything I see, be it, you know, on Facebook or a story I've read or so on and so forth. I welcome any and all comments, so please do so and have a wonderful day. I would love, I will, I look forward to talking to you all once more. This, again, this is Micah, your great philosopher. Have a good day.